and welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, where emerging holistic leaders of tomorrow share their adventure to celebrating their most prized skills, talents, and expertise by turning their wisdom into a signature system that serves mankind. I've had the honor of working with each of these individuals to take what they've already mastered in their life and use it to help their kismet clients. One thing my clients may not know is that wisdom has touched my life, improved my health, my business, and my overall happiness. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you Alicia Wicker. But before we begin discussing this topic of how not to be just another interior designer, I'd like to take a moment to introduce to you my fabulous client, friend, and special guest, Alicia. Alicia Wicker is the founder of Iron and Magnolia and works with interior design professionals who struggle with organizing their business structure so they can get more clients charge higher fees, embrace digital technology, and leverage their current design business with the intention of maximizing revenue. Welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, Alicia Wicker. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. I'm excited, too, because interior design is a, a huge passion of mine. I love design and all that, so it was the perfect alignment when we somehow cross each other's paths. So maybe before we get into all of the amazing work that you are doing with interior designers, maybe just give us a little background or remind me, how did we meet? You know, I think I saw a video of yours where you were talking about being a, putting up an advertisement online about being a tattooed bookkeeper. And it was something that just resonated with me because those two terms don't usually go together. Um, so... For me, I think, oh, this this girl is like right up my alley because I am not the personification of what a typical interior designer ever was. And so I was like, I like this chick. I have to contact her. Awesome. Like attracts like. It's so great. Yes, you have such a great rebellious but intelligent uh, way about you. You have such an interesting vibe, which is why – I'm super excited to talk about your brand, which is Iron and Magnolia. Can you tell us a little bit about what Iron and Magnolia is and how it can help interior designers? Sure. Um, you know, Iron and Magnolia, it has such a, like, deep meaning for me, and I have, like, been blown away by the feedback I've been getting from interior designers. Um, so iron is an ancient metal of strength, and iron is associated with courage, strength, confidence, resilience, and stamina, which every interior designer I work with has to be courageous and they have to keep going and work so hard. And the magnolia part of it, it's believed that it's existed from the beginning of time. Um, and so then that's associated with femininity, wisdom, perseverance, um, dignity, alignment with your truth, and redemption and love. And I find that all of these words and their meanings, they all come out in every designer that I work with. Each one of them has these two different qualities of the iron and magnolia within themselves, and that's what I'm so attracted to with these designers. You know, it's interesting. I think it's one of the, the greatest, um, how do you say, it's just something very compelling about brands when you bring two words that normally don't go together, maybe like tattooed bookkeeper or maybe holistic fashionista and then iron and magnolia. There's a lot of yin and yang there. So I think, um, you know, it, with this, a brand identity, it's such a strong, has such a strength, but it also has that femininity. So I think it's a great way to leverage, you know, what it is that you're doing with these design professionals. So I really want to dive in 
and pick your brain and educate us about the design business, where it was, where it's going, and how Iron and Magnolia is fitting into all of that. Okay, so, you know, I used to be an interior designer way back when, and when I was in design school, the Internet was just a baby. You know, we just had those um, creepy chat forum things on AOL, and, you know, you couldn't really, like, go on the Internet and find too many things, and it wasn't really the tool that it is today. And so you had designers who were doing local design, face-to-face -face meetings, going to the Chamber of Commerce, um, just word of mouth that it was all very personal. And now the whole industry has been turned on its head. And so now clients can find designers online. Designers don't even have to go out to the client's home anymore or their business or wherever they're designing. They can do it from home. And besides the fact that, you know, there's not too many designers um, whipping out their T-squares on their drafting boards, um, they're designing on their computers. And so you have this virtual interior design, you have local interior design, but the whole connection now is done online. And so that's why Iron and Magnolia has been created. It's there to help interior designers, like, use the power of the Internet so they can reach all these clients out there. And it's so much easier to do now, but it's, you know, a total shift from where the industry started to where it is going now. Um, so it's like I, I'm so excited about it because it's like introducing like, you know, babies to this like brand new awesome thing out there and it's like, oh, I'm just so excited about it. You know, you're revolutionizing the industry. So to educate me, okay, so I'm an interior designer. And, you know, normally I would go to somebody's house and what, I would measure their whole house and figure out, you know, which, where to put the couch and where to, you know, do I need a new sink and things like that. So when you say that they can do it online, you know, how do they do that? Is somebody, like, taking pictures? Are they having the client do the measurements? Or maybe just help us visualize how that process works. So, yeah, if, if – if the designer is offering the virtual design service, um, that makes it where a lot of the information gathering is done on the client side. So if you're the client, you're going to be taking pictures of your space, you're going to be measuring it, uh, you're probably going to create a Pinterest board for your designer, somewhere where you guys are sharing the photos for what your vision is and so the designer can like see in your mind, you know. It's really helpful when somebody says, I like blue, and then you take a Pinterest picture of the blue they actually like, and it's not what, you know, a designer would envision when they said that color. So it's a lot of online collaboration, sharing the information back and forth. Um, but I think it's important to make a distinction with the virtual design and the local design is that a lot of designers are getting tripped up in thinking that, you know, if I'm not offering the virtual design services, then I don't need to be online, which is like the wrong idea because all of the clients are online regardless of if you're delivering it virtually or in person. And I, so it's, while there is virtual design and that's a mode to deliver the design, it's still, you're still essentially, you have the same processes in place. It's just you're, the client's helping you out with gathering the information. Got it. So there might be a learning curve of, of introducing the virtual experience to the client, but at the end of the day, 
you know, what I think there's like 1.3 billion people on Facebook. So everybody's client is somewhere on social media and just think about all that revenue that they're missing out by not offering a piece of the virtual market. Absolutely. I, there's, there's like almost everybody in your brother, they're on Facebook. They are talking to each other. It's just like it's the new you know, hot spot in town. It's all online. Everybody's talking. And if you're not there, you're missing out on a lot of business for sure. Awesome. So tell me this then. What is the kiss of death for an interior designer out there today that doesn't know about, you know, how revolutionary that online presence is to their business? It's the big old kiss of death is being the same as every other interior designer out there. Um, I think – I checked and there's like 70,000 interior designers in the United States. And there are not too many interior designers that stand out. And, you know, there's, there's this misconception in, you know, from the client's perspective, they think that every interior designer does what you'll see on HGTV, right? And that's not true because it's a TV show and they cut out a lot of the stuff that actually <laughs> um, But the thing is, these people on HDTV, the reason that they're standing out is because they have these big old personalities and they're shining and people identify with personalities and designers are relying on all of their credentials. And if you want to stand out online, you have got to like put your personality hat on and get out there and share more of your personal side with people. Mm, got it. So I'm sure that can be I'm sure it can be scary for a lot of people. I mean, some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts, and I'm sure in the interior design world, I mean, I, as you probably heard in that tattooed bookkeeper, I think it was an MP3 about I had all of these interior design clients when I was a bookkeeper, and these people are highly gifted people. They have a lot of information in their head. They have a lot of things to track, even just to put on their invoices. So, you know, I want to find out, you know, what does value have to do with the success of the interior design business? Because I think that kind of shares the segue into, you know, value what you do and bring it to a place where you can grow your revenue base, grow your client base. But I think it is going to have to come back to putting yourself out there. And I think that has to do with potentially value. Yeah, I think it does. There's a lot of parts of you know, I can't say that when I first started my design business, I was the most um, extroverted. I fell into that same trap of like, well, this is how a professional interior designer is supposed to be. And so I was trying to fit into that mold. Um, you know, I would like, I contemplated glamour shots, but thank God I didn't go there. And the power, <laughs> that could have been horrible. And I didn't go there. Um but when I started to get out of my shell and I started writing, I wrote some blog posts that were controversial in the design field, um, and that's when I started to realize the value I brought to the marketplace. I wasn't like any glamour-shotted, power-suit-wearing, professional-speaking designer out there, and that's what allowed me to connect with my dream clients. They saw me as a real person and not the scary interior designer who was going to look down upon them because they didn't buy their sofa from the right furniture store. Uh, so with that part of it, it's valuing what you bring to the table, how you are going to help these people because you do have so much to offer. And 
that's a big part of it and knowing that it's important for your voice to be heard. And then it's also value that you're showing to the client. You can't just go out there and have your free website and use, try to use all the free design tools that are available. All of these things aren't helping you with presenting yourself in the best way to your clients. So you have to invest in yourself personally and professionally um, in terms of you know, websites, domains, um, branding and all of those things and not necessarily I'm one of those people on the outer edges that I don't see too much value in the design societies or you know going to get the design degree and those types of professional improvements as much as I see if you're going into business you need to value yourself you need to invest in yourself and you need to go balls to the wall on it you can't just be sitting back here anymore I know okay this is hilarious okay so when I first started um, my business, you know, helping others with signature systems. One of the things, and probably no one will believe this, but I like hated Facebook. <laughs> I was like, I was like too good for it. I was like, oh no, I will not be using Facebook <laughs> to like get clients or whatever. But when you really look at the underneath of what the, I was really saying was fear of putting myself out there, fear of being judged, you know, not valuing what I'm bringing to the table. And, of course, clearly now the tables have completely turned. I use social media every single day to market my business. But when you have something that you're doing that's different, and especially in a design business, that's such a subjective, um, you know, uh, field. I mean, everybody's design aesthetic, you know, whether you're traditional or classic or modern or a combination of both or eclectic or whatever, so you bring, like, a skill set that's different. And if you truly value that, you will see that the Internet, you know, is like craving you. It's like craving more of those artful, creative people to put themselves out there. But I know just from my own personal experience that the creative ones sometimes can be the least likely to kind of throw themselves into social media and use that to get clients. Would you agree with me on that, or what is your take on that? Oh, I, I totally agree. <laughs> um I, I would probably say 80% of the clients I work with, they have this fear of putting themselves out there on the Internet and sharing and having conversations and truly em embracing what it is about them that's unique. And I think I'd written a blog post to this effect because I had that same issue. And I said, you know what, if you think about it at the end of the day, are you a serial killer? No. Are you harming people? No. There is nothing that is so horrible about you that you cannot pre present your most authentic self online. If you would just like embrace the awesome person that you are and you let that shine online, people will be attracted to your light. So yeah, it's, there's nothing about any of us that's so horrible or so boring or so whatever that we shouldn't be showing that online. Mm-hmm. I know. And the second that you do, you'll be so astonished. I think that's where those dream clients come out of the woodwork. So you had brought up about free tools and stuff. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, why, you know, using free things and what it, free things you're actually referring to that are kind of hindering the, the success of the design business uh, entrepreneur? Yeah. You know, like, for instance, uh, there are some designers out there who will go and they'll buy a domain, so www.interiordesigner.com, that's their domain, and then they'll go and they'll have a website like interiordesigner.blogspot.com. 
So they have their main website, and then they have this blog website. And so, one, you shouldn't be having that blog website. You should move all your blog posts to your own domain. You want to keep all of your um, – you're building this foundation on your website, so why are you splitting your effort that way? Um, or they'll just have just interiordesigner.blogspot.com website, which if I'm a client and you want me to pay you thousands of dollars to design my home, couldn't you invest a couple hundred in your website? I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where I don't think they're thinking through this and process of what they're putting out there. And then if you go into the side of these design tools, like there's a big problem with the interior design industry is there's no one design tool that does it all. Um, you have to find a software that can make your space plans, your mood boards, your shopping list, your whatever. There's all these different pieces that go in there, and there's not one piece of software. But the problem comes in is that designers don't want to invest in the design software because a lot of times they're not even sure of their design process because they haven't taken that time to stop, collaborate and listen to what they want to do, and they're just like, well, I don't want to pay for that yet, and I don't want to pay for that yet. And it ends up coming across as like you were just like putting a mishmash of a presentation together when you send it off to your client. And it goes back to you have to put yourself in your client's shoes. Are they going to be, like, excited to see, like, these graphics that are all, like, not cohesive? They don't, like, you have this Chisball um, floor plan and it's got a logo of some company because you didn't want to pay <laughs> off. I mean, it's just all these things. You just have to think about it. Like, if you're going to go into business, you got to go all in. You can't just, like, half-ass it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you brought up a good point with the dot blog post. Dot blog post. So it's like a blogger blog, right? And I know, you know, for the last probably what eight or ten years, this whole blogging, ex, you know, expedition of everybody and their mother starting a blog. And I'm sure one of the reasons you know, everybody goes that route, which yes, blogger is free, and they think that you know, if you blog, this is like the greatest way to like you know get recognition, but when you're talking about the higher profile, you know, you want to be seen, you want to be visible, you are an impeccable interior designer to go the free tool route and, you know, cave to being a blogger when really you're a design professional. I think it just, it is. It's very misleading of what it is that you bring to the table. Interior design is a gift. I mean, it's a talent that you work on for years and years of your life and to represent it in a way that's not in the, in the professionalism that, it, that is the end product that you give your clients, that is a major disservice. Yeah, I think so too. It's, um, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, some people I don't know if they like understand, like it's so hard to get outside of yourself to see how you're presenting in the world and that's often why we go and we find coaches to work with us because we can't get outside of ourselves and see what we're presenting online. But the presentation you're putting online is so important these days. And it's not like you can get away with having some chisball um, blog site and think that that's going to be awesome, let alone cartoony graphics, which, oh, they drive me <laughs> when I see those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about them getting clients. So, so are, you know, we're, we've got these listeners, they're interior designers or they're aspiring to, in, interior designers, 
what is one of the biggest mistakes that they're making when they're trying to go get new clients? If they're interested in using the web, what is the, what's the kiss of death of getting clients online? Okay, I'm going to say this biggest kiss of death is like they just want to target everybody. And I don't, I don't know, I can't even count how many websites I've gone to where the interior designer headline on the website says, we believe every homeowner should have whatever. And my position is, you should not care what every homeowner should have. You should not be concerned with every homeowner. You need to be concerned with the people you want to work with, and that is not the world. We are not the world here. We are working with specific people. Um, and that's the thing. It's like they don't want to narrow the field of people they work with because they're afraid they're going to, like, turn down money. But the thing is, you have to turn down everyone. You can't, like, work with everyone. You have to, like, be selective with people because here's the thing. If you're not selective with people, then you start attracting the a-holes. And nobody wants to work with a-holes. So, and that's pre pretty much what you're saying. It's like, oh, I want to work with everyone. No, no, no. Bunk. Cannot do that. Illegal. <laughs> so, okay, wait. Let me break that down for you. So, are you saying that when we try to target, like, masses, like everybody and their mother needs an interior designer or anybody who's a homeowner needs my services, you, you pick from a pool of people that may not even, uh, clearly might not be your right client, but also the people that aren't going to value, you know, what you bring to the table because you're almost undervaluing what you do by marketing to everybody. Right. And, and part of this, too, comes down to that, there are a lot of virtual design services that are popping up who are um, telling designers, you know, come and we're going to promote you and you can um, bid to get on, do this design work for a client. So first they're like doing work for free um, for people that are probably not their target market. They're ta these are like bargain shoppers. Um, and then they're like selling their services for $200 and it's just like, no, we have to, it goes back to value again, value yourself, value your worth, value that these clients you want to work with are like the cream of the crop. You want to be specific with who you want to work with and these people need to value your talent and you shouldn't be like the bargain basement designer, um, and that's another thing that designers sometimes fall into. They're like, I want to be the affordable designer and mm. I went down the affordable route, and that you do not want to go down that. If you're wasting your time and your effort and your God-given talent when you decide that that's your market is affordable interior design. If they want affordable interior design, let them go put together a Pinterest board and let them figure it out on their own because you have a gift and it shouldn't be wasted on cheapos. Exactly. So they need to figure out who this client is. So what it, why is it important for them to really get to know who that client base is before they even go to market themselves online? They need to do this because it's like when, when you go out there and you are wanting to work with these clients, if you don't know intimately what your client's problems are, it's so hard to go and market yourself. And the thing with interior design is there is always some type of like triggering event. There's a reason why they need you. And if you're not like getting deep and like getting your Dr. Phil on and trying to figure out what is going on behind the scenes, 
You know, it's like designers aren't giving people like mood boards and space plans. That's not what clients are hiring them for. They're hiring them to help them. Like, oh, my mother-in-law's coming to town, and she's always hated me. And I know I'm not good at decorating, so I need someone to help me make it look like I know what I'm doing. If you get down to this, like, whole level, then you can really start to connect with these clients. You get their, their plight. You know what's going on. And you can, like, talk to them in a way that they're like, dude, this chick gets me. And that's mm. what you really want. Exactly. That's how you get known for something. I mean, if you really knew what you bring to the table, the pain point of that client, no matter if it's mother-in-law or, like, I just had a baby and my house is a wreck or I just bought a new home or whatever, but, like, just knowing the pain point before they go to market themselves. So I'm sure that brings up some fears because just like you mentioned earlier that, you know, we want to go, you know, when we first start out, we want to go and target everyone and then we get the a-holes and then we get the people that undervalue us and then we, as a result, we start undervaluing ourselves. So how is fear getting in the way of having a successful design business? You know, with the fear, the fear always like, it becomes like this whole paralysis. Um, it becomes overwhelming. You're just like, I don't know what I need to be doing. And I think as a creative person, you you just see a problem and then you just stop there because you're like, well, I don't know how to solve this problem, so I'm just going to wait for, you know, my white knight in Shining Arbor to come and save and build my business for me. Um, but instead, the thing that you have to shift your mind into is like, okay, I have this, like, seems insurmountable, but it's not. Let me break it down. When we break these things down and we put goals in front of us that we can attain, then we can start to build our confidence. But a lot of times we just let the fear hold us back and we just assume that we can't handle it, that like everybody else in the world is smarter than us. And so we'll just wait and something will happen. Somebody will figure it out for me. And the truth is nobody's going to figure it out for you. And you have to know deep inside that you're smart enough to do this. It's just, you know, getting out of your own way. Mm. I think that's I think that's where you just nailed it, is just we all get in our own way. You know, we all, you know, have so much knowledge and so many experiences and expertise and all this stuff, and we get in our own way because we can't see what others can see. So if I go to your house and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful, and then I see, you know, that you only charge a certain amount. I mean, I've had people say, you know, wow, oh, I can't believe, you know, that, you know, you were once only charging this much money for your service because like, I don't see you like that. So I think there is a fear of charging more it, with yes. the fear of not getting enough clients. But what happens is, and I know you and I could talk about this so we're blue in the face, but when you do that, when you charge more and you say, okay, it's okay if I don't get every client because actually I don't want every client. I don't have time for every client, but the clients that come to me at that higher fee, they're more like me. They're more attuned to value what I bring to the table. They're going to like my design aesthetic better because it's, been, it's so specific. It's so niche. I know who my client is. I know how to speak to them on social media and on my website to get to know them in a way where they feel very confident. By the time they go to whip out their credit card or put that deposit down, they know for sure that this is the right person to help me. 
Absolutely. And even more than that, it's it's a whole thing too. It's a um a lot of times it's more so than the design experience and the flavor you can put on their space. These people are buying also an experience with you. And so that is why the personality is so key to all of this. You know, there's awesome designers out there and they do awesome things, but if they can't present that personal flavor, you know, we all click with different personalities. And I think that's one of the biggest things that um, anyone can take away is that your personality is part of the experience that people are buying when they're hiring you. That's right. You know, someone once mentioned, I saw a friend and her fiance was a hairdresser and he got all of these like celebrity hairdressing, like he'd do hair for the Oscars and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did your fiance like get those gigs? That's like wonderful for him. And she's like, he, no, he's a great hairstylist. He might not be like the best, you know, but he's really good, but it's his personality. He's likable. People, yeah. He puts himself out there, and, like, that's how you get the job. So, you know, fearing putting yourself out there or being on Facebook, in my case, um, is really just a way of, you know, you now recognizing, look, I'm a little scared. I need a little more iron in my life, right? I need a little bit more strength. I need a little bit more courage so that I can really present what it is I'm selling in my design business to a global audience online and you know, grow my business, which is why we got into business in the first place. Absolutely. And then you can go to the Magnolia part, and you're aligning it with your truth and who you are, and you embrace that, and you go forward. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you'll have a hater, and it won't – it sticks and stones, man. Not a big deal. That's – I every time uh, someone says, oh, my gosh, I got a hater, and I'm like, you know what that <laughs> means? You're doing something right, so keep on going. That's right. Oh, I love it. This has been such a good call. I, I'm so excited for you. I love Iron and Magnolia and everything that it stands for. I know that you have lots more in store of not only just, you know, helping these interior designers, you know, get more clients, charge higher fees, but I know that the magnitude of what is Iron and Magnolia is even bigger than that. So can you just share before we kind of wrap up today, like just what are your plans with Iron and Magnolia? You know, what, you know, what is the best uh, space that it's providing for these designers? I know working with you one-on-one is probably that's going to be invaluable to the success of their brands being visible online, but I know that Iron Magnolia as a brand has even uh, more plans to help support these people. Yeah. Um, so currently where Iron and Magnolia is at is I am, you know, I've created some like digital tools and um, courses to help interior designers. And then more so I've been working with interior designers doing these coaching programs that I'm calling design business makeovers. Um, and a lot of designers, they have this design business in place and it's not quite functioning for them. So we go through this process of figuring out where we're having problems and how it's not presenting correctly. So I collaborate with them, which is different than a lot of other um, coaches out there in the design field, is that I'm getting my hands dirty with them. We're collaborating. We're figuring it out. We're going over all those key components to a design business that need to be in place. Um, as Iron and Magnolia is continuing to grow this year, I'm going to be adding in a um, – exclusive 
design club called Number 26, and I cannot wait for Number 26 to launch. Number 26 is Iron's Elemental Number, which I love. And this is going to be an online space for designers to actually contribute to the Iron and Magnolia site, write articles. Um, and then also I'm going to start sharing some of my um, coaching classes, um, some of the things that I'm teaching interior designers about that they're asking me about all the time, about how to do marketing and um, creating design services and fees and all those things, the questions interior designers have, I'm going to be presenting those as well in uh, number 26. So I am so excited about all these big pieces that are coming together for Iron and Magnolia. Oh, I love it. Well, I didn't know about the number 26, but that sounds amazing. Love the brand. Loved working with you, girl. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to find out, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think I should have that would be helpful for our audience today? Um, you know, I, I, one of the biggest things that I can say that, that I just, I brought it up briefly, but it was the design business makeover. And I think that's one of those key things that the whole thing behind why I created the design business makeover was when I was a designer and I was seeking help, I couldn't find anybody who could help me get where I wanted to go. And I had become an e-course junkie. I had become, you know, watching all sorts of tutorials and reading things, and none of them were specific to the design business. And that is why I created the Design Business Makeover. So I can do for interior designers what I could not find in the marketplace for me. So I'm collaborating, and we're working together. And, oh, my gosh, the energy that happens when two – minds are coming together and solving this problem and coming up with these awesome solutions. You know, it's like, oh, I love it. So, yeah, the design business makeover is, like, one of the things that I love the most to do with clients. Um, and you can find out more information about that at ironandmagnolia.com forward slash interior dash design dash business dash coach. Awesome. Design business makeover. Love it, girl. Well, this has been astronomical. I'm so excited for your brand. I'm so excited to see more beautiful homes with awesome interior design for your clients to um, help support and help just people live a more lavish and luxury life. I think that, you know, interior design does affect not just like the presence of your home, but your mood and your relationships. I think it's such a, you know, a holistic part of our life. And I'm so thrilled that you know, we found each other from the Tattoo Bookkeeper because I knew when I worked with those interior designers that it was something that I loved for myself and it was a pleasure to get to work with someone who actually is an interior designer again and is supporting interior designers because I want to see this come to a place where people are spending the money to fix up their homes. I mean, I forget, I forget who it was, if it was Susie Orman or some book that I read, uh, Susan's popcorn or something like that where she had she had made a forecast that people will end up spending the majority of their money for the next 10 years on, you know, their space, you know, whether that's in their car or uh, in their home. It's like we nest there. You know, there is this nesting quality of making sure that our home and our cars and our cell phones and all these things really support us in the growth of our life. So thank you for making that a priority in your business to help bring that to the to the people that are seeking that. And thank you so much for being a guest on this Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series. Um, so enlightening. I, I wish you so much love and success, Alicia.
Same here, Holmes Fries. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful that we met and we connected, and it's just been a blessing beyond belief. All right. So one last thing. Just give us the URL for your uh, design business makeover uh, course that you are launching one more time. That would be www.ironandmagnolia.com forward slash interior dash design dash business dash coach. Awesome sauce. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, Alicia, and I'll talk to you another day on another beautiful afternoon. Thank you so much, Angel. Okay, talk to you soon, girlie. Bye. Bye.